a reading from To Bless the Space Between Us with Irish poet John O'Donohue, continuing in his chapter, Thresholds, page 49. To acknowledge and cross a new threshold is always a challenge. It demands courage and also a sense of trust in whatever is emerging. This becomes essential when a threshold opens suddenly in front of you, one for which you had no preparation. This could be illness, suffering, or loss. Because we are so engaged with the world, we usually forget how fragile life can be and how vulnerable we always are. It takes only a couple of seconds for a life to change irreversibly. Suddenly you stand on completely strange ground and a new course of life has to be embraced. Especially at such times, we desperately need blessing and protection. You look back at the life you have lived up to a few hours before and it suddenly seems so far away. Think for a moment how, across the world, Someone's life has just changed, irrevocably, permanently, and not necessarily for the better. And everything that was once so steady, so reliable, must now find a new way of unfolding. Though we know one another's names and recognize one another's faces, we never know what destiny shapes each The script of individual destiny is secret. It is hidden behind and beneath the sequence of happenings that is continually unfolding for us. Each life is a mystery that is never finally available to the mind's light or questions. That we are here is a huge affirmation. Somehow life needed us and wanted us to be. To sense and trust this primeval acceptance can open a vast spring of trust within the heart. It can free us into a natural courage that casts out fear and opens up our lives to become voyages of discovery, creativity, compassion. No threshold need be a threat, but rather an invitation and a promise. Whatever comes, the great sacrament of life will remain faithful to us, blessing us always with visible signs of invisible grace. We merely need to trust. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal Grab a cup of something delicious and start your heartlifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome back to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I'm so thankful that you have come back for part two. I couldn't help myself. I'm so sorry. Our conversation in Tool 6 was so important about limitations, about inspiration and about how we can stand at the threshold of a new day with open arms and open eyes and open hearts with an expectation that somewhere in our day, God is going to show up just like he did 
for a woman so many years ago at a well, an ordinary well in an ordinary city called Samaria in the middle of the day. If you're not familiar with this woman's story, the Samaritan woman's story in John 4, go back and listen to Tool 4, Shift from Shaming to Gracing, because I share uh, a little bit more about the foundations of the story and the beginning of the story and how Jesus met her at this well, and he helps her shift her shame-based narrative into a grace-based narrative, and she begins to live this amazing new life. When this Samaritan woman woke up that morning, I guarantee you she had no idea how her life was going to change at noon when she went out in the heat of the day to get her water. She's avoiding all the other women because she's so tired of the shame and the judgment that they inflict upon her, probably silently, but probably very loud. She was like, not expecting to meet this man called Jesus and have this Jesus encounter in her life that was absolutely going to just rock her world and then rock the whole entire city of Sicker and the Samaria Samaria area in which she lived. She became the first evangelist of the time. She went back to her city and her just her life change in and of itself must have been like dramatic. I can't, I just, Maybe we'll see it when we go to heaven. But when she walked away from that well, having had this Jesus encounter, I just can't imagine that she just wasn't radiant. Her countenance had to be different. She had a true heart lift. And when we experience a true heart lift and have a Jesus encounter, we change. What a threshold that woman walked across that day. So powerful. So I'm picking up on page 163. And we talked a lot in part one about the definitions of limit, limitation, unlimited. And so today in part two, we're going to wrestle. We're going to we're going to sit and wrestle with the tension between limits and limitation and unlimited. Because you see, a Jesus encounter, anytime you meet God or meet Jesus or the Holy Spirit shows up in your life. Unlimited is is just unleashed because God is unlimited in his power and his authority and his wisdom and his love and his grace and all of his virtues are unlimited. There's There's no boundaries to God's presence in our lives. So 163, page 163 starts, with limiting beliefs or living water. So I'm reframing something very critical here today. And I truly believe that's why I'm taking the time and really giving you this opportunity to grow with me in how we can soak in living water instead of living the lies of limiting beliefs that perhaps have been placed on us by others or perhaps we just place on ourselves. So Jesus shows this woman unlimited, lavish grace, and he offers her unlimited access to his living water. This is all in John 4. Not just a pot full of water, not just a glass full of water, 
but inexhaustible living water that would never, ever stop flowing in her soul and in her life. Jesus says this to her. If you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God, woman, and who it is that asks you for a drink of water, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You know, Jesus speaks in mystery always, doesn't he? He, he speaks intentions. He speaks metaphorically. We have to lean in. We have to listen with our spiritual ears and senses. He describes this living water as a spring of water satisfying your thirst for God, welling up, constantly flowing and bubbling within you to eternal life. At first, disbelief really floods her. Let's use the word flood. We're speaking water. How can this be? What on earth is this man talking about? Living water? Number one, he shouldn't be talking to me. He's a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. I'm a woman. He's a man. What is he talking about here? What's welling up within me? What on earth does that even mean? I just want a pot of water. That's all I came here for. She's confounded and captivated all at the same time. She really can't understand such an invitation. It's just baffling her. Never in her life has she felt as if she truly fit in or even dared feel as if she belonged. I can relate to this woman. I remember the day when I was sitting as I write in tool four, sitting on that sterile examination table in that sterile examination room waiting for that doctor to come in and give me my prognosis of pregnancy or not pregnant. I remember feeling like, what the heck has happened to me? Who am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. She's never experienced this kind of unconditional love and acceptance. You see, Jesus is offering her here what we call now security, secure attachment. He sees her. He's not looking through her. He is hearing her. He's accepting her. He's taking care of her. He's admonishing her. He's teaching her. He's trying to unfold the power of her mind so that she can understand that she has value, worth, and dignity. She's lived her life armored up. We don't know her history as a counselor, a coach, a therapist, a mental health practitioner, whatever you want to call me. This intake, we don't get the intake of her family of origins. We don't get that privilege. It's almost like Jesus, he knew it, but we don't need to know it. We just, we need to know the offer. We need to know the threshold that he's inviting us to stand on. This gives me such great hope for everyone in my life. That at the end of the day, therapy's great, coaching's great, spiritual direction's great. But sometimes we just need to sit down and have a Jesus encounter because he changes everything. And we need to receive that invitation for that living water that he is offering us. Man, I think I'm preaching to myself today. I do not take advantage of this living water every day. I do not. I don't sit down at an ordinary well. I don't sit on my carpet. I don't sit on a bench. I don't sit outside and ask for the living water to flow from Christ to me. She has lived her life armored up. Have you? 
Mm. But now the armor of her life is falling off of her piece by piece. This is a different metaphor. When we were talking in tool four, I was inviting the skeletons to walk out of your closet. Same idea, different metaphor. Maybe those skeletons have armor on. (laughs) They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to walk out of the closet. They're too shame-filled. But today, we're once again taking that transparency challenge, that transparency challenge, and we're walking out and we're saying, Jesus, here I am, all of me, all the messed up parts of me, all of them that I've been hiding and hiding, thinking no one knows, no one sees, but you do see. You see, we all have a belief system. Beliefs are literally the lens through which you and I view the world. Beliefs are complex. They define us and they organize our world. Today, I'm asking you to take a look at your belief system. What do you believe, dear Heartlifter? I've been asking myself this all summer, probably all of COVID. Janelle, what do you really believe about God, about self, about legacy, about church, about Christ? What do you believe? Beliefs influence our perceptions. They define what is good, bad, true, real, or possible. They skew our perspective in positive or negative ways. They direct or limit the actions we take. They shape our character. They affect every relationship in our life. They establish a specific course or a path for our life. What we believe shapes the course we take. They determine our health. Oh, yeah. They harness or they hijack our passion. They lower or raise our level of happiness or meaningfulness. So living into our new grace-filled story and narrative requires that we define our belief system. And for the sake of our heart-lifting journey, we have to define our unhealthy, limiting belief systems. So I have a list here on page 164, and I ask you to circle or highlight any of these statements that resonate with you. Consider the source, the foothold. Where did this limiting belief take take part in your life? Or maybe another one rises up in your heart. Maybe you have it already. Something that's holding you back, holding you prisoner, hijacking your passion, keeping you from moving forward into the life you were meant to live. Nobody cares what I have to say. I'm good, but I'm not good enough. I'll never be as smart as she is. If only I were thinner, taller, darker, lighter, funnier. I'm just not worth it. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. It's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. It's just too hard to change. It's too hard. I don't have it. I got nothing. I'm too exhausted. No one will ever be interested in me. 
I'll be happy when I... What? Who would want to hire me? Who would want to marry me, date me, publish me? What? I'm a procrastinator. I always have been. I always will be. What about this one? I can't because I... What? Eh, whatever is, is. It's always going to be that way. What about just I can't? I don't have enough support. Why should I even try? Well, on page 165, I challenge you. Like the Samaritan woman, I believe that Jesus gives us a choice. And he says this. Will your life continue to be dictated by your limiting belief system? Or will you unleash the power of living water beliefs over and through your life? Today, Heartlifter, which will it be? So this Samaritan woman, when she hears and receives this invitation from this man called Jesus to, to have this living water that will constantly be flowing in her and through her, by the power of the Holy Spirit, her excitement is almost palpable. You can taste it as you read or listen between the lines. Sir, she says, give me some of that water. And I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to make this long trip out here every day. Well, did she even know what she was asking for here? I, you know, I'm not sure. I wasn't there. Jesus is speaking metaphorically, but he's also speaking in a literal fashion here. He says, I am the living water. All she knew was that she had to have it. Whatever he was offering her, through his presence at that well, like his very being. his The energy, the spirit that was around him was something she'd never felt before. It was acceptance and belonging. She was seen, she was heard, she was known. She felt unconditionally loved. It's so rare to be known, K-N-O-W-N, and be truly loved and accepted and belong. Few of us are rarely known. That's why I love the work of Dr. Kurt Thompson so much and his Center for Being Known. And his new book is coming out and I'm hoping to have him back here to be with us to talk about this whole concept of the power of being known by others and being known by God and being known to ourselves. So when we're talking about this living water, Living water unleashes unlimited resources for living eudaimonia, living into that meaningful life we all deeply long for if we're honest and quiet enough in our lives. And we talked all about the pursuit of this meaningfulness, this eudaimonia, in tool one. So living here, when you take it apart in the Greek, is the Greek word zeao. Hope I'm saying that right. Z-A-O. And here's what it means. And this will take your breath away. This living water, the Zeao water that Christ offers her means to enjoy real life. That's right. R-E-A-L. To be in full vigor, active bodily or mental strength or force. It means to be fresh, strong, and efficient. Now, who doesn't want that? I want to live a life that is real, real, authentic, 
joy and experience and meaning and passion. And there are so many seasons in my life when I didn't do that. I, I, I actually would say I enjoyed an ego life. And I enjoy is the wrong word. I thought that I was doing all the things I was meant to do, but a lot of it was motivated by ego and ambition and strife and false narratives and false truths that I'd picked up along the way. Well, I know that I want Zeao living life that's full active bodily and mental strength and force. So at the bottom of page 165, I have a little chart. And on the left, we have my limiting belief system. Because in our humanity, we have limitations and we have limits. And that is a good thing. But what we're talking about in light of today is when either others our earliest caregivers or coaches or teachers or whoever, neighborhood bullies, school bullies, put on us or project onto us limiting beliefs like we just talked about. You're not good enough. Nobody cares about you. You're an outsider in this family. You're the black sheep of the family. Your anger will never go away. I can never forgive you. It's unforgivable. So many of us have lived our lives either believing the limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves, or receiving and accepting and abiding by the limiting beliefs that have been put on us. In the middle, though, this is where Jesus stands. He stands in the center. He sits at the well of our life, and he offers the invitation to unleash in our lives his unlimited zeal powered, charged resources. The outcome of that then is that we live now our new narrative, the story we have reauthored is not going to be run by limiting beliefs, but by living water beliefs. Such a big difference in that. Today, he asks us, Heartlifters, to bring him the limiting beliefs of our old narrative, the ones we've learned either unconsciously or subconsciously in unhealthy systems. Let them go. Let's consolidate them. Let's make peace with them and make sense of them. We're going to release each one of them and receive this refreshing Zeao living water that he promises that is so charged with real life, with power, with mental strength and physical force and physical strength. Jesus sets us free. He offers us sound principles that promise this meaningful life. And he lavishes each one of us, his cherished child, like we read about in Ephesians 1 at the beginning of part one of this two-part episode, he offers us unlimited resources so that we can flourish and thrive. Richard Rohr writes in Everything Belongs, spirituality is about seeing, S-E-E-I-N-G. It's not about earning or achieving. It's about relationship rather than results or requirements. Once you see, the rest 
follows. You don't need to push the river because you're in it. You don't need to push the living water. You're flowing in the living water. The life is lived within us and we learn how to say yes to the Zayao real life and no to the false life. If we exist on a level where we can see how everything belongs, we can trust the flow and trust the life, the life so large and deep and spacious that it even includes its opposite, death. We must do this because it is the only life available to us. And as Paul wrote to the church in in Colossians, you have died the small ego, self. You have died, oh, small ego, or as I just said, the false ego, driven by ambition and striving and needing notice and affirmation. And the life you now have is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is revealed and he is your real life, you too will be revealed in all your glory with him. So in the strength training for the soul, in our heart lifting exercises on page 166 to 168, I believe. No, no, no. Page 171, actually. 166 to 171. There's three parts. Goes along with our movement through this heartlifting journey. In the Envision park part, a time to think, I ask you to consider that the Samaritan woman had a limiting belief system and it kept her bound to a lesser life, a life of settling, not a life lived more abundantly. Instead of pursuing meaningfulness, she remained stuck. Maybe she didn't know any better, but you know what? We do. You and I know better, and when we know better, we do better. We know in our heart of hearts that there is a better way. Jesus came and offered it to her. He said, I have a better way for you to live, Samaritan woman. And it is a life of perpetual, zehow, living water resources. Unlimited resources are are at at our ask. We just have to ask. We have to open our hands and receive. Within the entire text of the Bible, we have unlimited access to God's beautiful, unlimited living water, Zeo-charged resources, his powerful principles and purposes for living a rich, meaningful life. We also, in this 21st century, right here, have unlimited access to television, podcasts, websites. Helpful resources are just a click away. I didn't have that. I didn't have that up until, what, a decade ago or so. So in the chart that I offer on page 167, this is some heart work for you to do. You're going to make note of your limiting beliefs. On the left, you're going to place your limiting beliefs. And on the right, you're going to think about it and you're going to um, wash them, those limiting beliefs, with a living water belief. You might have to look at an accord, a concordance, go to BibleGateway.com, BlueLetterBible.com. But on the left, I start with one limiting belief I've had in my life. I'm good. I'm just not good enough. I can always do more, be better, study more, work harder. There's just always more. I can do more. But the living water belief that I found was in Ephesians, once again, 2 verse 10. For we are the product of God's hand, heaven's poetry etched on lives, created in the anointed Jesus, 
to accomplish the good works God arranged long ago. So my living water belief that I'm fashioning and wordsmithing into uh, an intention as well, a living water intention, God created me to offer good things in my sphere of influence. God created me to offer good things in my sphere of influence. So can you see how I wordsmith that, how I changed that from a, a negative, unhealthy, limiting belief into a healthy, Zeo-filled, living water belief? So you're going to do that, give you some space on that chart. Then we're working into the educate, the second part, a time to learn. Change is hard work, heart lifters. And sometimes it's just easier to ignore hurtful words or bad behaviors. But ask yourself, is it really easier to just ignore or stay stuck? Won't I eventually pay the price of suppressing or repressing negative emotions? Yes. We know that if the body keeps the score. We know that our physical body will eventually show the wear and tear of repressed negative emotions. Numbing, on the other hand, too, our negative emotions takes a toll. So in Everything Belongs, I continue with what Richard Rohr writes. Many others give up their boundaries before they have them, always seeking their identity in another group, another experience, another possession, or another person. Beliefs like, she will make me happy, or he will take away my loneliness, or this group will make me feel like I belong. All of these become a substitute for doing the hard work of growing up. People who have learned to live from their center in God know which boundaries are worth maintaining and which can be surrendered, although it is this very struggle that often constitutes their deepest dark nights. He reiterates to us the power of setting intentional mental and emotional boundaries, relational boundaries. So over the next seven days, I just want you to choose one of your limiting beliefs that you just put on your chart. And I want you to try this envision exercise. Spend time and valuable emotional energy researching and listening to or reading additional materials or just sitting and meditating perhaps on the living water scripture you chose or the living water belief that will help you drown that limited belief with the living water promised to you by Jesus Christ. So on page 169 at the top, I give you an example and I give you ideas on how to do that. And there's a little place for you to check off, I did it. So for example, I give the idea to search the internet by putting in keywords from your limiting belief. So for example, my limiting belief was, I am good, but not good enough. Search, why do I feel not good enough? Or why do I feel less than? Why do I constantly put myself down? You will immediately find articles, YouTube talks, presentations, and much, much more that come up. Choose one or two, watch them, listen to them, and then write one truth in your heart journal. 
Search online for applicable podcasts or other interesting websites that can offer you some additional helpful resources. Find one and only one scripture verse or passage that can guide your prayers and meditation. So for me, as I said, I used Ephesians 2.10. So I would maybe put that on a post-it note or on a card or just somewhere on my phone, set the alarm for 8, 12, and 8, and have it ding, and I will look at that scripture, I will think about it again, I will read it again. I'll say to myself, Janelle, you're the product of God's hand. You're heaven's poetry. God created you to accomplish the good works he arranged for you to do. You have a mission, you have a purpose, Janelle, and I'll remind myself of that. And the more that I wash that negative, unhealthy, limiting belief that I'm not good enough, the more that I wash that and and I allow that lavish grace and lavish love, all of a sudden that Zao-charged resource is going to come to play and it's going to make me, honestly, my brain's going to start going, oh my goodness, I have so much good to offer to everyone in my sphere of influence. What good can I offer today? So fun. And then we end with establish a time to build. And here you are going to listen to a beautiful, beautiful audio meditation called Come, Sit by the Well. You'll find that over on JanelleRairdon.com, Stronger Every Day resources. You'll see Stronger Every Day up in the menu. Just click on that. Move on down the page and you will see the audio meditation come. Sit by the well. I want you just to let the words pour over you. And you're going to listen for those beautiful, familiar God whispers that we're training ourselves to hear. So until next time, remember, Heartlifter, you are clothed in strength and dignity with nothing to fear, not one thing. You can smile at your future. And today I want you to begin swimming in the lavish, lavish river of God's living water, filled with Zeo-charged resources for you. See you next time. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.